Hello, I'm Ben Leonard, and uh, this is the band. We have Gianni Rebellini with me, Jonathan De La Cruz, and Brandon Garcia with me, and uh, we are going to be talking about the book, books, the thing they carried. And uh, we love our English class, and we love our English teacher, so we're going to do this super enthusiastically because English is our favorite subject. So. Uh, yeah, we're just gonna hop right into these questions and get this discussion rolling because English is great. So, uh, who would like to go first? I think Brandon volunteers his tribute on this Brandon, one. Brandon loves English, guys. Right. He's, he, he, he just loves his class. So, my first question is, what did Bowker suggest O'Brien write about and why? So, we all know that Bowker suggested that O'Brien write about a story which would later become the chapter speaking of courage, but we later learned that the reason was to speak about how soldiers who served in the Vietnam War would be robbed of their will to live. Yeah, I think he just wanted to get the story from Vietnam to his readers. That's an interesting take by by Jonathan David Cruz right there. Yeah, I think I think by offering this whole new perspective really opens up a whole new world to the reader. Yeah, I feel like the way he did it for speaking courage, kind of like it's almost like his outlet, especially seeing that most people who are in the Vietnam War don't like talking about their um, like um, their experience in the Vietnam War, and uh, I think it's just a lot better the way that uh, Tim O'Brien did it than uh, how some people like to hide it but it's completely understandable why they would. So, who would like to do our second question? Jonathan De La Cruz would love to do the second question. So, do you guys think that writing saved O'Brien's life? Definitely. 100%, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's for sure away from the event, whatever emotion he had, any thoughts he had from this. It's, share it's, with yeah. share it with others. It's kind of like what I said for the uh, last question. It's, it was it was basically his outlet to tell what he had gone through. Like, one in the chapter, like, I know it's not one that we're discussing, but in the chapter of the man he killed, he doesn't tell that to his, his daughter, but he tells it to us, and it's like he's got, like, it's almost like he's living like a two-split life because one is like he's like this nice, respectable person to his daughter, and then to us, he's somebody. He's a writer, and he killed somebody, and it's kind of it's 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 pretty weird. Like you know, you don't ever like think about this stuff, especially with war, because we ex we ourselves yeah. haven't experienced it. So kind of reading this book is like getting a glimpse at what it is to be in war. So, so do you think that's why Bowker felt suicidal? Is because he didn't have an outlet? I, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he constantly said he didn't feel um, like he belonged anywhere. Uh, and he felt that the only thing that defined him were his medals. Uh, and he constantly tried to fit in, but he, for example, he tried to participate in a college, but he later dropped out. And so having that lack of an outlet and constantly feeling like he wasn't belonging uh, attributed to his suicide. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that too. So, yeah. There are, many, there, there are definitely many aspects yeah. to war. You have you know, morale, and most certainly death is for sure a huge factor of that. What does the death of Kiowa represent and why? 
think, good question. I think it represents how a simple overlook of what your gut is telling you can cost the life of a fellow soldier. For example, Jimmy Cross, he uh, later says in the chapter in the field that he felt that Kiawa's death was his fault because even though the command came from a higher power, he knew that camping on the field would be dangerous and he overlooked his first impulse. Yeah, yeah I think he represented most soldiers in the Vietnam War like being a good-natured young American in the war. Definitely a lot of those lost. Yeah. Not a death. Um, so we're going to go to our, this is our third Fourth question. question. Fourth question. Oh boy, all right. So, Just rolling right along here. Yeah, rolling right along like steamroller. Let's go. Destroying this building that is Vietnam. Got one gear, just go. Yep. So um, my question is, which character is the most is most affected by Kyo's death? And you know, for me, the character that was mostly affected by his death was Walker. You know, for like example, he was his best friend. Then even after his death, when the war was over, he ended up killing himself. So that's like, I mean, yes, Jimmy Jimmy Cross did feel like it was his fault, but I feel like, say, if like you lost your best friend or I lost my best friend. That would be probably something harder to uh, get your mind off of. Yeah, I think that Bowker felt more responsible for his death. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Nice, good intake, Brandon. All right. So, uh, it's a great one. All right. Um. So, All right. next question. Uh, do you, you want to do yours? Yeah, I, I'd love to. Maybe I'll give you a one-word input. <laughs> so. My next question is, why does Jimmy Cross feel that Kyo's death is his fault? As I said earlier on, Jimmy Cross feels that he overlooked an important impulse and that it's his fault that Kyo is dead. What do you guys think? Well, no one for sure yeah. wants to lose the life of an innocent. So. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as you know, the, the people in charge see that, that younger self within them. There's definitely more uh, sympathy towards the younger soldiers. Yeah, I agree with uh, what Gianni said. It's kind of like more sympathy for the younger soldiers because, say, like, more like analogies to like the real world. Say, like, we're 17 now. And most, maybe of us. Some, most of us are 17, yeah. Right. <laughs> and imagine if we got drafted or something like World War III or something like that, because hey, maybe that's on the horizon. But um, say if, like, you know, we got drafted and we were the younger ones and um, we died, like, that would be probably the biggest morale killer for any group and, you know, just kind of shooting down the uh, older soldiers, you know, as just said. Well, morale plays a huge part of the war upon troops. So how, how does the immaturity of his art affect the morale of the rest of the people who he's fighting with? I think he was just trying to raise the mood of his, of his uh, group and then just like cracking those jokes and boosting the morale a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Throughout the story, we see Azar constantly make jokes in inappropriate uh, situations, and he's always trying to lighten the mood. But in most cases, the other soldiers uh, 
feel that it's insensitive and uh, they constantly uh, shut him or shoot him down when he jokes like this because it's not really a, a good time to be joking about something like that. No one really likes the, the younger cocky guy in, amongst that new group. Yep, that's facts. So, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my second question because, uh, our, our only gear is kind of getting some grease on it, so we're gonna try and speed it up. So, uh, what, what person do you guys think, what person do you guys think, or, like, person of speech is in the field spoken in, and how does it feel in the story? Uh, I feel it's definitely spoken in third person, because... Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's O'Brien speaking about what Jimmy Cross felt and the process they went through to find Kiowa and how it affected all of them and how they were constantly thinking about Kiowa's death. For example, Jimmy Cross was thinking of the letter he was going to write to Kiowa's father. Yeah, for me, I mean, it kind of like puts kind of like a bleak and like just sad feeling over the entire chapter and even the story. And that it like it sucks because you know they have to deal with like something like sending a letter to to Kyo's father. And I mean like even from Tim Tim O'Brien's words in the chapter, they were all, they were tired and miserable. All they wanted now was to get it finished. Kyo was gone. He was under the mud and water, folded in with the war, and their only thought was to find him and dig him out and move on someplace dry and warm. It had been a hard night. I feel like that's like the biggest like oh hey, that's a red flag. Like that's like that's bleak and that's sad. So I mean just the Vietnam War kinda just in simple terms, suck. So, yeah. Yep. I agree. <laughs> any more questions? Uh, Brandon, you got any more? No, I think we're good. All right, we're gonna we're gonna close this out. Um, Brandon's gonna close it out. Mr. One Word Garcia is going to close this out for us. So, uh, yeah, take it away. Well. First of all, I'd like to apologize for all the excessive background noise. We recently had a daycare next next door uh, fail their health inspection, so we had to bring in some kitties into our uh, studio. So it might have gotten a bit loud today, but uh, next week this problem will definitely be resolved. Uh, definitely some more soundproofing on the walls. <laughs> Much easier on the fellow classes. Yeah, very thin walls. Yeah, we, uh, we appreciate all the listeners. It was, a, it was a great, great discussion. Uh, see you next week. Yeah, thank you for joining right. us for the, the Vietnam War. <laughs> thank you very much.